everyone has their own budget. And I understand that sometimes people aren't even sure, you know what, I'm not going to be a sewer. I'm not going to make lots of things. I just want a machine so that I can, you know, fix a, fix a placemat here and there. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Crafting Never Stops. I'm Jennifer Moore. And I'm Denise Wild. And in this episode, we're talking all about sewing machines. So if you are curious about sewing machines, you're looking for something to get you started, but you're not sure where to go, we're going to be chatting about our recommendations. So stay tuned. All right, Denise. So you are in a hotel room again this week. You're tra- doing a lot of traveling. I am. I am in the beautiful city of Edmonton, Alberta. I am participating in the Edmonton Home and Garden Show this weekend. I'm doing some stage presentations. And then from here, I'm actually heading back to Vancouver to do a couple of segments for um, Easter crafts. I'm doing a DIY Easter basket segment. So I actually have a suitcase full Ooh. of Easter baskets. That must have been fun at TSA or, or your Totally. I know. I I actually brought them. I fit them all in a carry on. I like stack them into each other, fit them all in a carry on. And then when I was pushing it through, I was like, this lady probably thinks I'm totally wacko. (laughs) Like, Like, wow, she's really prepared for Easter. Yes. Uh, And then the other one that I'm doing is, um, oh, kitchen refresh. So kind of organizing your kitchen and like snacks and hacks for on the go and easy meal prep and stuff. So. Very awesome. And you've been to like a gazillion home shows, right? You've been just, you've probably been to so many. Yes, a lot. And it's really fun because, you know, people are there, they're looking for really cool stuff for their home and updating, but also like they're interested in design and style and organizing. And uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, a great energy. Very neat. And you're also a, you're, you're pretty much a hotel expert at this point, right? (laughs) This one is not as fancy dancy when I went to, when I was upgraded to that suite in Vancouver on our first episode. I do see at least you've got a smoke alarm in there, a smoke detector. (laughs) I know. Safe. (laughs) All right. It's nice and safe. So before we started rolling, you were mentioning you had a very interesting dinner last night. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I, I wanted to stay in and watch, catch up on some TV, which I actually have to give you an update on. There was an A&E 60 days in reunion, (gasps) lots of good stuff. That show I was telling you about where the regular people go into jail. So, um, I was like, I'm going to order food and I'm going to be kind of bad. I ordered some nachos and then I did like add chicken. Then I did increase like extra guacamole, extra salsa. And then I got a soup on the side, like a cup of soup on the side. And then she was like, that'll be $45. I'm like, oh my gosh. $45. All right, $45 for nachos. Well, I mean, it includes oh, you know, the delivery charge and they automatically add 18% and this, this, that, and that, that, that. I don't know. I guess all my upgrades. And are- there was no alcohol in your purchase. Oh, like, no, either. that was a like, that's usually the most glass of water. Yeah, that's usually kind of expensive. So, they did they charge you for the water? No, I don't know. It just, I think it was, it was all like my a add-ons. dollar charge for the water delivery. <laughs> totally. Wow. Yeah. So, and unfortunately I couldn't even finish them all. I felt, was like, oh my gosh, such a Were waste. you feeling like you delicious. had to save the leftovers? You're like, these cost me $45. I'm going to take that doggy bag and put them in my mini fridge. Totally. I should put on TLC, watch a 600 pound life and just finish, oh. must eat all the nachos. Man, if you were, if you, if you were eating 600 pounds, that would be like you, you would be broke. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. I should have invited you over. Hey, were take they, a flight up. <laughs> were they good nachos? They were really good. 
I shouldn't have got the chicken though. So I was trying to be healthy. I was like, let me get some protein. And then I didn't want the beef because I'm trying to avoid red meat when possible. Anyway, I tried to be healthy. That doesn't sound super unhealthy. I mean, nachos, you had the guacamole, <laughs> you know, and what the salsa and chicken. Salsa. That's not, that's And sour healthy. cream and cheese. Okay, oh that's, God. all right. The cheese and I'm glad they didn't put the salad. Yeah, I'm just so happy that they didn't have the calorie count. Like, I can't handle that when I go to restaurants, right? And they have the calories right there. You're like, so, so here's my question How large was, this, was the serving? Oh, it was giant, like an it's entire giant? plate. Like, Did you eat it? <laughs> Okay, so you, so you paid $45 for nachos. Do you feel like you got your money's worth? No, no? totally not. I guess you, that, that, that is what comes with, with room service. And that's funny because totally. I was actually going to ask you in this episode whether you order room service when you travel or not. Sometimes. I'm like 50-50. Like, I'm pretty cheap. So most of the time, I'll like go and like stock up at a grocery store or even Starbucks. Like, if I order like $30 of Starbucks, it's still less than... Than then, getting one room service meal, yeah. apparently, for nachos. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so I, sometimes I treat myself, and other times I'm like, stint, like I'll come up to the room with like a grocery bag of junk. That hotel's got to be cashing in because I would imagine <laughs> the the cost of ingredients oh for those God. nachos are what, like maybe three to five dollars. Totally. Three They're like five bucks. Max. Wow, that's <laughs> that is crazy. Forty five dollar nachos. That's. Yeah. I don't know. How would you rate them on a scale one to 10? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, you know, interestingly enough, they, I wasn't super crazy about them. So instead of like regular tortilla chips, they had them on, you know, those like kind of deep fried puffy chips. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I've seen those before. Yeah. So it was like extra delicious, but I just felt even greasier and grosser. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh my God. So anyway, what did, did you have for dinner last night? What did I have? Okay. So we were talking the other day and I mentioned that I got no sleep, right? So for some reason, a couple nights ago, I just did not sleep at all. I was watching some craftsy classes and trying to, you know, doze off. Did not happen. Oh my goodness. So around 10 a.m., I finally decided to just get up. You were awake all the way until 10. I was awake all the, oh, I I stayed up until 10.30 p.m. So Oh my God. I wasn't going to sleep. And I was like, this is not going to happen. I knew I had to tape this with you today. Yeah. So I didn't want to take a nap later because, all right, I think our internet connection is, ah. all right. So around 218. Okay. So I didn't, because we had to tape this today, I didn't want to go to bed soup, like take a nap because then I wouldn't be able to sleep again. Right. And I had to get up. So I tried to keep myself up and I've done this before. Cause I used to work the overnight shift. I, Stayed up until 10.30 p.m. And then I was falling asleep while watching yet another craftsy class. <laughs> so I finally decided to go to bed. And I slept until about 10.30 a.m. So I slept for 12 hours. So oh, I made well, up for it. But sometimes I, I'm just, I've just been getting this crazy insomnia. And I don't really know why you would think with me just doing my own thing at home now, I would be sleeping yeah. more. Yeah. Not the case. I've like usually I don't go to bed until five or 6 a.m. Oh I'm trying God, to change that. Crazy. So hopefully this, hopefully this 12 hour nap and in waking <laughs> up at 10 30, which is much normally than I, which is much earlier than I normally wake up. Yeah. Hopefully that is, that can help me get into a more normal sleep schedule. So hopefully yeah. I'll go to bed earlier tonight, you know, I hope so. Maybe like midnight and then get up at like eight or nine. <laughs> So midnight we'll is still late. That's normal for me too, but yes. I, for normal people that midnight is late. So the last time I 
ate before this morning was oh, I man. ate uh I ate a wrap yesterday morning at like oh probably like 11 or 12 in the morning. Yeah. I had some cookies. Um so my husband bought me some some Hello Kitty French cookies. I can oh, insert yes. a photo here. I um, saw Oh your... my gosh, they're so good. Yes. So these so cookies, good. I know if you like we both like Hello Kitty. Yes. So he got he found these Hello Kitty cookies at an Asian grocery store and um, it comes in this gift box that looks like a real present. And what we figured out, so in the box there was like six packages like cookie packages yeah and then inside those packages they're individually wrapped inside that package my goodness but we figured out why probably because it's for children and every time they open something it feels like they're getting a gift oh yeah because they have to open so much stuff they're probably like this is awesome it's like Christmas (laughs) you know maybe that's something you could get for your daughter and she'll feel like she's opening a present it's true it's true she loves opening things so that's what we were figuring we were figuring it's meant for children and they like to open stuff right um each cookie was very beautifully packaged none of them broke they're all in great shape and they've got little filling i've been so i've really been you know going to town on those there's strawberry and there's like coffee flavor with chocolate because all children love coffee flavor. Yeah, totally. I know. So it doesn't this whole thing doesn't, that's why you keep them buying more. <laughs> this whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm like, whatever. It was ten dollars for the box and yeah. they also have the Eiffel Tower on each cookie, which also screams Hello Kitty, right? <laughs> I don't know. So that's what um, I've been I'm eating. Nine, it was I'm less nine, than forty five dollars so. though. Yeah, totally. Although if you ate four boxes of those, I mean, if I ate four boxes, oh, man, I might die. So we'll see. that could be an interesting thing. We'll have to see. Um, what craftsy class were you watching? So or were you watching a bunch of them? I was watching some classes about knitting. Yeah, because I took advantage of that craftsy unlimited deal. It came with four twenty five dollar coupons for merchandise. That's awesome. Well, I got some knitting kits, and I was trying to figure out how to knit. I used to knit like a little bit when I okay. was a kid, but not since then. Yeah. So I've been watching all these classes, but, and and again, the me falling asleep has nothing to do with the instructions. <laughs> I was really tired. The class is actually pretty okay. Good. It's called like startup library knitting, and she shows you literally all the knitting concepts you need to know. Okay. I also want to do a crochet class because I bought a children's crochet kit oh. uh, that I'm going to be trying to. So I'm, I'm trying to venture venture out. You know. Yeah. I know you're you're in your hotel room crafting away with the Easter stuff, right? Yeah, totally. I actually do have some things I need. To all right. Up. Okay. Wait, but I want to ask you about knitting. Do you like knitting? You know, I don't. It's it's been so long since I've done it. I right. I think the thing I like about it is for people who might not be at the point where they have space or money for a sewing machine. Totally, I've heard that people right. are like, you know, the startup cost is lower and yeah. it's more portable. So portable. So yeah. I like the idea of being able to, not that I really go out, but you know, like say you were on a plane, you could, yeah. you could be knitting something. Or, <laughs> yes. Although would they allow you to take knitting needles? On I don't know. Plane? I took a I mean, serger once on a plane as a carry-on. Yeah. So you did that, but like, <laughs> I think they didn't know that there's a blade yeah, in they it. Didn't, I don't, I don't think they probably knew anything about, yeah. serger, which is, which kind of is dangerous. Yeah. Um, when you think about it for safety reasons, the might- I'll bet they don't allow knitting le- needles. needles. I did read a story on Reddit the other day about a guy who got stabbed by a woman with a knitting, like <laughs> some lady with a knitting needle stabbed him. Oh, it my was God. crazy. She, oh, like, nice. he, so this guy, all right, more internet connection. All right. I think we're okay. So this guy was like a caterer and he was retelling some story about some, there was some family drama at this event he was catering. So he had to ban some people 
and one of the band people came and uh, well, it was a couple. The guy tried to beat him up, literally. And then the woman stabbed him in the shoulder with a knitting needle. Oh my goodness. She was got she arrested. knitting at the time or did no. she like turn and grab something? And this guy felt like she brought, it kind of implies in the story that she oh. brought the knitting needle, needle for that As purpose. <laughs> she only had one. She didn't have two. <laughs> And she ended up getting arrested, but the guy did not because apparently he's an upstanding citizen. It was the craziest oh story. I've ever, I was like, this is insane. That's so funny. And he was just the caterer. He wasn't, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I did. I knit for a while. I got really into it one Christmas and made, like, everybody these, like, slouchy collar kind of. Um, I don't know what they were. They were, like. Oh, shoot. It had this hilarious name. There was a pattern. It was, like, a shawl, like. um infinity scarf okay that's oh my gosh cute. you know what it was called it was called the sexy capelet it was hilarious sexy I don't, capelet was it really sexy i don't remember Isn't where it? i got it from but it was part like infinity scarf and then it kind of came down the shoulders a bit so you could wear it as a scarf but then pull it down it was super cute and then i learned to knit i made a sweater and was super into it and then i um i was making these scarves and the sexy capelets for like everybody on my list but then it just like, that's kind of all I could do. I didn't have the patience to like measure out, like to, to do all the different fancy stuff. And then I got kind of bored of it. And I also felt when I was doing the sweater, I felt a little bit frustrated because when I finished a sleeve, I was like, I could have sewn a dress in that time. (laughs) Like it was just so, it just took so long. And then I also wanted to just like mindlessly watch TV and knit. So that's why I didn't want to have like crazy patterns and like change things too much. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like maybe yeah. instead of doing super complicated stuff, do like real easy stuff so you right. can be there and not have to be like, what's, what, not have to yeah. count your stitches or count your rows. Yeah. Because that's the thing there. I'm like, how do you do that again? Like, yeah. Some I liked it. It just yeah. wasn't for me, I think. I yeah. think I, I want to try it and try to do, like maybe what you're saying is just stick with the simple stuff. St- stick right. With the, so you never get to the point where like, what's like, you're like, like some of the patterns are like knit two, purl two, knit two, purl two. And right. on the second row, you have to do something else. Right. So oh, it does right. seem kind of it, like like sewing, there are projects that are way more complicated and then right. there are projects that look really easy. Yeah. So I'm curious. I even with sewing, like you, I mean, the, with knitting, there's just so much attention at one time. I don't know. That's true. My that is true. Can just operate better with sewing, I think. Because once you know, okay, you're doing this, then you just kind of then you do it. You can still listen to a podcast. You can still do all yeah. kinds of stuff while you're doing it. Make yeah. sure your kids aren't getting into anything. Yeah. You know, so it, yeah, that is true. That is very true. So I'm um, like, so oh, yes, give it a shot. I'm dying to hear how it goes, and I want to hear if you like it. And I want uh, maybe you can make me a sexy capelet. Yeah, a sexy. Ca- <laughs> Were they sexy or was it just? I don't know. I don't remember where I got this pattern from. I just remember my sister and I laughing so hard. We're like, like that's a weird, maybe if you were wearing, are you only supposed to wear the capelet and nothing else? I don't know. <laughs> totally. Like, is that what makes it totally. sexy? Totally. I don't, I don't even um, know. Okay. So we are talking today about buying a sewing machine and what to look for in a sewing machine, right? Yes. Yes. So and, I'm, is- and I wanted to ask you, because you've worked a lot with sewing machines. You used to own a sewing school. You taught yeah. sewing. Um, so what kind of things do you feel like beginners 
need to look for in a machine. Totally. And that's something that people ask me all the time too, right? I find that the one thing about sewing machines is there's so much information. It's very overwhelming and people are like, I don't know what to get. Like what brand, how many stitches do I need this? Do I need that? How many presser feet, blah, blah, blah. Or like, what is a presser foot? Um, so I think it's important that people try to take away all that stress, right? And just like go for the basics, look for something. I always tell people like, what are your goals with sewing? Because you need a totally different machine if you want to um, hem pants a couple times, you know, hem pants here and there and fix things a couple times a year. Or if you're making craft projects or projects for a kid and you want to start a little business, Uh, If you are wanting to make your own clothes, maybe go to fashion school, like there are so many different reasons why you'd want a sewing machine. So that will really dictate it a lot. Um, And then I always tell people too. now this is kind of weird advice and people don't like hearing it, but I always tell them to spend the most they can comfortably afford. So I like to compare sewing machines to appliances and say they'll all do the same job if you're going for like a fridge or a washer dryer set like they will all do the same job but it's a matter of how long is the warranty how well will they do the job um, what kind of extra features do they have and that's good to keep in mind too and I like what you said about your goals matching up with the sewing machine yeah you're going to be doing quilts that's a lot different than making totally right yeah exactly and if you're different features that are going to be important to you right so and then so I tell people buy what you can most comfortably afford because a sewing machine a good sewing machine that's made well will last you forever rather than going super cheap I can understand if you want to go super cheap and test things out but I would also recommend in that case if you're really trying to save money if you um, a, a good idea is to buy used right a lot of people have sewing machines kicking around in their basement or that they're trying to get rid of whether you're going on Craigslist or Kijiji in Canada or something um, so you can yeah you can find one that's great quality that's used and then you have an amazing machine and you're not paying as much. So I just think if you skip skimp too much, you'll get a machine that doesn't work very well. Like maybe all the inner parts aren't metal, so it won't withstand as much stuff and as much use. Um, and then a good quality machine, every good quality machine will sew chiffon, denim, leather, fleece, silk. You know, I think, I think that's another misconception too. People think, oh, I need one that sews leather, but it will sew leather. You just have to change the thread, the needle and the presser foot and any project change those three things, depending on what you're sewing. But if you invest in a good quality machine, and that's what will ensure that you can sew any fabric type. Do you remember what your first machine was? I do. Well, actually, okay. So my, when I learned how to sew in school, it was on a faff and it was like a beast, like barely any features and just like this hunk of metal. And it was amazing. And I loved it. My mom at home had a Kenmore, which is the Sears brand. Um, I think they're made by, they're actually manufactured by Janome. And then Janome puts the Ken, Sears puts a Kenmore name on top of it. Um, so I used that at home. I used the faff in school. And then my mom, my very first sewing machine that she bought me for graduation, um, she got me a Janome and I loved it. And it was amazing. And I think I had the thing for like 16 years, never serviced. It was so awesome. And yeah. And then I was using Janome a lot. Now recently I'm using brother a lot. So 
both amazing machines, really well made, and I recommend them often. And there's so many, there's just so many options now. It seems I know it's it overwhelming. overwhelming. Yeah. Totally. What about you? What was your so what was your first sewing machine and what was your experience in buying sewing machines? I'd love to hear that. So I, this is going to, I do not necessarily recommend everyone do this, but I bought a uh, vintage Singer 2012 off of Craigslist. Ooh. Again, you know, could have, could have gotten one of those things, could have gotten myself killed, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> but you didn't, thank goodness. No, thank goodness. And, and if you are, I recommend always pick a public place to do Craigslist. Totally, for sure. You know, some police stations have a, you know, online buying, you know, area of the parking lot. No way. Are you Oh serious? yeah. Some of them here. Yeah. So I had that machine and the Singer 2012, it is a workhorse. It's uh, made to last but it doesn't have a lot of modern features. So I would say if you're right. choosing between vintage and the new computerized machines, there are some pros and cons to both, I think. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. I feel like sewing on the new modern machines is easier for me. Right. But the old vintage machine is like the stitching is beautiful. Right. And if you have the patience for it, it's, it works. It's such a workhorse of a machine. Totally. They're beasts in like the best way. They really are. And my husband really likes the singer. He thinks it's a, he just thinks it's gorgeous. You know, yeah. I don't know. But I think one thing people didn't, don't know is when I tell people that a hundred dollars is a cheap sewing machine, like their jaws drop to the floor. I think if you're not familiar with sewing, you think that a hundred dollars is an expensive machine. For right. Some people. And that's just not the case. Yeah. Race perception problem we have. Totally. You know what? You're right. It, it, that it is a price perception thing. Like we're so used to prices going lower and lower and lower on everything that we buy. Um, and in Canada, our prices are even more. I know I'm usually, I usually tell people on a good quality sewing machine, you shouldn't spend less than 250, mm -hmm. like ideally like 250, $300 to $600 for a basic sewing machine. And then the other thing you want to think about too, and I think that that number is a bit lower in the U.S., right? What would it? What would you recommend? Like one fifty to three? Yeah, I would say one fifty to three hundred would be because uh, okay. I I recently have started working with uh, Everson machines, and I right. I like the machines. They're made by Ber they're developed by Bernina, so okay. it's basically Bernina's way of coming out with a more entry level machine under different branding. Right. I think right. the aesthetics of the machine are pretty pretty nice looking. Yeah. And I haven't had any problems with it. And their line ranges from like a hundred to like six hundred dollars. Right, six hundred dollars right. being um, the most expensive sewing and embroidery machine. Right, it's a really and that one looks pretty cool. It's like purple, and it's you know it looks like it has a lot of stuff. Yeah, so that's what I would probably go with. Um, the other thing that I think is kind of interesting is when I when I talk to friends who own a sewing machine but aren't really into sewing. They all have the same story. They either were at like Sam's Club or Costco or Walmart. Yes, and totally. Up, yeah, totally. Yeah. They got they got one of the usually it's like a brother or a genome. Yeah. Yeah. Or they went on like Overstock or Amazon and ordered one there. Right. So these people so, that are buying sewing machines, they're not getting them from a dealer. They're getting yeah. them from like a big box store or something. Yeah. And one of the issues that I have with that is often a very, very inexpensive machine is usually cheaper because it's lower quality. Yeah. So the, uh, it's not an all metal interior. It's not going to last as long. It's not going to sew as quickly. If you have, it's not going to sew as smoothly through your fabric. Like, 
Um, so I think that's, and then I feel like when people use the machine like that and they have issues, then they're frustrated with sewing or they think that they're not skilled when really it's the machine. So that's why I try to push people. Like, don't forget, this is an investment. Like you, this will last you forever. I totally understand though. Everyone has their own budget. And I understand that sometimes people aren't even sure, you know what, I'm not going to be a sewer. I'm not going to make lots of things. I just want a machine so that I can, you know, fix a, fix a placemat here and there. So I understand that people don't want to spend a lot of money, but it still is a good investment just to push yourself a little bit. And then to go the second hand route, even if, if you're not going to be sewing at all, like, like barely any, and you want to spend a hundred dollars, go the second hand route. And that way you have a great great sewing machine. Do you feel like the people who are doing it, do you think that they're just not well, they're not like well-informed consumers? They just don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's so, there's so much information out there and it's overwhelming. People ask me all the time, like, why do I need 13 stitches or do I need 42 stitches or do I need 270 stitches? Like it's just, if you're not from that world, it's very confusing. So I try to break it down for people as much as possible. Like look for this, look for that. But really, you know, it's, if you can have somebody walk you through it like that, that's awesome. I think um, we can put in some recommendations for people too, right? In the show notes, because yes, I do have some entry. Definitely machine. doing that. Yeah, I do have some entry level machines that I'm commonly recommending to people. Um, but it's a it's a challenging thing, you know. And then and then the other thing is, what do you really need? Like I used to sew clothes for myself, bridesmaids' dresses, everything. I would do everything with straight stitch and zigzag. Like you can sew anything on the planet with straight stitch and zigzag. That's really all you need basically. So then just adding on from there, do you want to be able to do buttonholes? Do you want to have a drop-in bobbin? So let me get, just tell this to everyone too, a drop-in bobbin, which is, um, so the bobbin is the little plastic or metal thing that holds thread and it goes in the bottom of your sewing machine. Most of the old machines have front load bobbins and that's when the plastic or metal bobbin, like that little circular thing goes into a bobbin case. And then that case goes into the machine in the front. That's probably what you've seen on an old machine. If you've, if you've used that, once you go to a drop-in bobbin load, which is the, the, the bobbin case is built right into the machine. So all you do is you take your plastic or metal bobbin and drop it right in. The difference between sewing is like night and day because the front load machines they go ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. And it's like kind of slow and kind of choppy. And then the, if the drop-in machines, it's like, like a butter, so smooth, so fast, so amazing. Once you go from front load to drop-in, you'll be like, whoa, my life is complete. It's so amazing. But there's a huge price difference. That's one big jump to go from front load to drop-in. So if you're just beginning, if you're, if it's, if it's for a kid, um, the other great thing about the drop-in is that it's more foolproof. Like you'll, you'll yeah. often people will have a lot more issues with the front load. So, you know, then there's a, there's a toss up there. Do you want to spend more money to get that smoother, faster, um, you know, less, less issue machine with the drop-in or do you want to save a bit more money and, and stick with the front load? And one thing I, I will say that once I got more into sewing that I realized is that I don't really like the combo machines like this. Like mm -hmm. I would not buy like a sewing and embroidery machine. If I mm -hmm. wanted them, I would actually get separate machines for them just because I find that changing out those settings for me is a pain. Like I don't, right. I don't like switching stuff out. So like I have a serger 
which I don't, and I, 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 having a serger, I think is something, if you are getting really into garment sewing, that's something I would recommend you pick up as you get a little more into it. Mm -hmm. But I like having the separate machines for those things. Like I like unitaskers versus multitaskers. Right. Um, That's more person. And that's some somewhat personal preference. Yeah, that would be lazy. (laughs) That's a good personal preference. Switching out, like I like having, you know, like if I have a serger set up with certain thread, you know, it's there. I don't have to keep changing out the thread from my regular sewing machine. And then the other great thing about that too is your the machines that you're buying would be a lower price point because they don't have all of that that those extra bells and whistles, right? Yeah. So that's the thing I would yeah. like if I could go back in time, I would have gotten a less expensive domestic machine mm-hmm. and gotten like a serger and a cover stitch machine right away. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. if I could do that again, right? That's yeah, what that's I would do differently. Tip. I would have gotten a less expensive. Like I, I bought, I, I feel like I spent too much money on the, one of the machines I have now. Yeah. And I could have gotten away with getting one that was half the price. Yeah. So I, but the thing with the only thing with that, like buying all different machines is you knew at the time I'm going to be into this, right. Or I am into this. Whereas I find that a lot of people who are buying their very first machine or what, you know, if they're upgrading, like, Oh, my aunt gave me this one. It's been in my basement. So I want to have my own. I feel like they don't know yet how much they're going to be sewing with it. So that's, that's another challenge too. I feel like for me, the machine I bought was just, I bought my machine. I think it was about $2,500. I could have gotten a machine for about a thousand dollars. Yeah, I you know. I know. I could have bought a machine that was about a thousand dollars that would get me pretty much to the same point. Yeah. And actually, right after I got the machine, the Genomi seventy seven hundred, it is a good machine. Don't get me wrong. But right after I bought them, they came out with the Skyline series, which is like a like a more budget friendly version of that uh, line. And I was like, man, like the only difference that I could see is that it had a. A slightly, a slightly smaller throat space, but not, yeah. I, the purpose behind the machine I bought was I was like, it has a large throat space. And I was like, I'm going to quilt my own quilt. Do yeah. you know how many quilts I've quilted? <laughs> I think two. Right. So I'm like, yeah. like sometimes the thing you're like, I'm going to get real into this. And then right. you end up getting your, like with the price difference, I could have paid to got, had my quilts quilted. So I'm <laughs> like, and it would have taken me a lot less time. So in hindsight, yeah. you I do have a little bit of buyer's remorse. I right. like Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't think I needed a machine that expensive. You went all in. I you went all like, in. I'm getting this. Yeah. And then after that was when I started doing more garment sewing. So like the things I was sewing right. also changed. And that might happen yeah. to you listening too. Totally. You might be really into garment sewing and then you get into quilting. Or right. you might be into, you know, everything. And like, like me now, I'm just trying to get into knitting, which yeah. doesn't even require a sewing machine. Yeah. So it's one of those things where your needs over time could change. That's so true. it's it's a bit of a guessing game to yeah. to pick out the machine that meet, meets your future needs because you're right. not exactly sure what the future needs are. Right. But uh anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's hard. really hard. I mean I think, and I you think can trade best- your machine in and sell it too. So right. you can there are options. Totally. I think the best place to start for people is to figure out what your goals are. Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be sewing tons of clothes? Are you going to fashion school? Are you starting a business? Are you repairing things and mending things here and there? And then figure out what your budget is and how much you can push your budget. Yeah. And maybe you can shop secondhand. 
Um, maybe you could, I had this idea. I think that we talked about this before of machine sharing. This is like my genius idea. Ooh. If you have like a neighbor or a best friend, you guys could pool your money together, buy a machine and then like swap then it like share. one month versus another month or like every second weekend, you know, like a, like a, totally like a divorce. And yeah. Like who gets custody and, right? and you know, it could almost be totally. like, I, and you know what else I realized you can rent sewing machines from the library too. Here. You can, yeah, you can. I I noticed. Awesome. Um, like I was looking at. So check your if you're in the U.S. At least check your yeah. library. Um, so I was looking to see what kind of programs my local library had, which I yeah. need to actually go because I've heard such great things about uh, about libraries. Yeah, and again, it's been years. But at the one one of the ones, what do you mean? I've heard so many great things about libraries. I like you um. No, I haven't been to a library since I was like maybe in high school. Like besides oh, the college library that yeah. You yeah. Go to, yeah. But the one here, you can rent sewing machines. Wow. You can you can rent. You can get time. They have three D printers. They've got oh like. Oh my gosh, that's. Oh, awesome. you can also rent um video equipment. Like yeah. you can rent a lot of like you can rent out a lot of stuff at libraries. And that's amazing. I need to go check it out. Like like if you want to be a YouTuber, you can rent lights. You can rent cameras. You wow. Can use, they have free editing software you can use at the library. Wow, that's amazing. And I I'm gonna guess most people aren't taking advantage of those. So I'm gonna guess if you go, one of those computers is probably freed up. Like yeah. you can use their editing software. They have so many resources, but the, one, so the awesome. one for me, you can rent, you can actually rent sewing machines because I was talking to some friends who own a quilt shop and they're Janome dealers. And yeah, they were going to teach a, like, they were like, can we come in and teach classes at the library? And they're like, yeah, yeah. sure. So they That's obviously, so awesome. since they own a sewing machine dealership and a quilt shop, it makes sense. Yeah. But there, you know, your local library may have a machine you can rent or check out. And also, if you have a friend who sews, you can ask them to test drive their machine. Just say, hey, yeah, can I test totally. drive it? Test driving is like, key. Like if yeah. someone asked me, I would be like, yes, I would yeah. definitely be cool with them coming over and trying mine out. You know what? That's another great tip. If you have a friend who sews, ask them what their machine is, what they like about it, what they don't like about Ooh. it. Right. Because yes. a lot of times, like I can talk for hours about my own machine and like, Oh, it's amazing. It's got this, it's got that, it has that. And I'm actually always recommending people buy the machine that I have. I love it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, that's another great, great idea. Talk oh, to somebody who already sews. I've got another recommendation too. Yeah. So I've gone to a few sewing conventions, you know, sewing events and often at these events, like the Sewing and Quilt Expo here, mm. they have those, they have classes you can sign up for where you are in right. a sponsored workshop. So that's been a good way for me to try that's out different brands one. without yeah. buying them. Yeah. Um, like in the classes, I've been able to try out Bernina machines, Baby Lock. That's a great Aspara, idea. Yeah. And you can see which brands you like. Like the one brand I do really enjoy sewing on that I can't afford is Baby Lock. Mm -hmm. I, I was using a machine at, in a quilting class. And it had the, like one, it had like these super bright LED lights, which was awesome. Yeah. And it had this feature that when you lifted up the presser foot with your, with your foot, it, um, it also raised the, like, wait, there was something on it where when you got to the corner or something, it automatically did something like it automatically, yeah. oh, oh, when you got to the corner and stopped sewing, it automatically put the presser foot 
or put the needle, the needle down, down press so it up. You lose your place, which yeah, was a really that's cool. not uncommon. Yeah. And I felt like that was a really <laughs> intuitive feat. Like it had like these really intuitive features. Your machine can probably do that. So I was like, well, not, it wasn't just the needle down. It was something, it was something else that like right. mine does not have. Yeah. I'm trying to remember exact. It was something like that, but it was like more advanced than that. Okay. It was really weird, but the baby lock machines, um, and I've, I've heard people compare baby lock to brother at times, but the ba- I really did enjoy that baby. Like the machine was like probably five or $6,000. So not right. I'm buying, but it was very nice to sew on. Yeah. This is yeah. great. Um, so that one was a good one for, to sew on. I, again, if you don't have five or $6,000, it may not be the machine for you, but it was cool. Yeah. Machine prices, they can oh. be, they can be super high. So the top of the line machines can run. Ten to fifteen thousand dollars. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, so they you are. You can either get a new car or you can get a sewing machine. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, but the sewing machine does everything for you. It cooks your breakfast. It does. You, you look nice. <laughs> if if one could do that, that would be cool. Or if it could like sew right. gold or something. I'm <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm sure we would all be doing embroidered, that. Embroidered dollar bills. <laughs> well, and funny. So we're talking about sewing machines. I was looking at those ones for kids yesterday, like the ones. That are oh, like kind yeah. of like the the ones that's almost like felt the material and they're yes, not. Yes, yes. I, ha- I have um, one of those. I've played with them. But some of them got really bad, like really bad ratings. Like I was yeah. looking at one at Target called like Sewing Style, and the ratings on it were like comically bad. But like, I think the problem is that people know. don't realize it's a toy, and it's yeah. supposed to do one function, which is to make these miniature felt projects. You're not supposed to put regular uh, yeah. felt in. It doesn't sew. It doesn't use a needle. It like the, the, the process that Jennifer's talking about is felting. So it takes a ton of needles and pokes them through super fast. And it pokes them through so much that the two layers of felt get mushed together. The two pieces of fabric get kind of mushed together, all their fibers. So that's felting. So yeah, I think, I think people mistakenly think, yes. oh, sewing machine, and they buy it thinking it's going to do they something. Real sewing machine, but, but it's yeah, a toy, the, yeah. The reviews on it were like, I don't normally leave reviews, but this <laughs> didn't even work. Like it was really bad. Like I was good, because I was thinking about trying it out for the channel. Yeah. I was like, maybe yeah. this would be kind of funny. Yeah. But I was like, these reviews are terrible. I don't know right. if I want to do this. It, you know, I might be wasting my 25 bucks or something. I don't know. <laughs> so we'll it's fine. See. It just does what it's supposed yeah. to do. It doesn't do, you know, it doesn't make clothes and doesn't hem pants. No. And you could, and I think you have to use that type of material. Like that, you can, the one that's included. Yeah. yeah like the one, the, the kind yeah. where they sell the refill packs for $9.99 or something. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but some of them look kind of funny. So do you have any recommendations? Um, would your recommendations for kids be different than adults buying a sewing machine? Not really. No. That okay, is a super same. good question. Okay. So the thing with kids is they're fully capable of using a motorized machine the same way that we do. Um, we, I, I do classes right now in elementary schools across the greater Toronto area. We teach kids as young as five. My daughter learned how to sew when she was 18 months old. Like I have her on a sewing machine all the time. She's three and a half. Um, these kids who are as young as kindergarten, five years old, they're on sewing machines. So uh, some good features to look for if you're teaching kids or working with beginners, look for speed control. So of course you can control the speed with your foot pedal, but you can have, there are machines that have speed control so you can force it 
to be slow. Like no matter how fast you press that foot pedal, it's staying nice and slow. That's great for beginners, but also good if you are sewing multiple layers of fabric or doing a really intricate detail or corner or something where you really need to concentrate. And sometimes we get nervous and we press, you know, kind of lean forward as we're getting nervous or like press down our foot. So that prevents it from going super fast. And it just helps you make it through difficult things when you're sewing. So speed control for sure for kids. I would say the drop-in bobbin for sure for kids. It just is so much easier. It's no fail. Um, and then, oh, there are a lot of machines too that have a start stop button. So instead of using the foot pedal, you can unplug the foot pedal, use a start stop button. That's awesome for like quilting guilds because then your machine is portable. You don't have to bring your foot pedal, but it's also good for kids because then they press a button. Their hands are right here at the machine. They press a button. They can keep their hands on the sewing machine and they're not trying to do like hand, eye, foot coordination with the foot pedal. Like it's just hand, eye. Like, okay, now you want to stop, press the stop button. I love that for kids. And then also for kids, I feel like they're going to grow into more features. So if you're buying a machine for your house and it's like mainly, you know, oh, my kid is going to try in this, like there's a good chance your kid is going to love sewing and continue sewing. And then everyone around the house will do at least a little bit. So I would say get a basic machine for the entire home that your kid can grow into, right? With like multiple stitches with a one-step buttonhole so that as your kid is growing and sewing more, they can keep using that same machine. So speed control, start, stop button, um, drop in, drop in bobbin, that's kind of it. But instead of buying them a kid's machine that doesn't really do much and you a family machine, or even if you're just buying one machine and it's for your child, like get them a basic real model rather than a kid's machine, because then they'll be able to grow into it and then you can jump on it too. And do you have any recommendations for safety for parents that are watching kids who sew, like to make sure the fingers don't, (laughs) and to make sure their like fingers don't get, you know, stuck with the needles. Yeah. So I would explain to the kids that the feed dogs pull the fabric through. So underneath your presser foot, there are these metal teeth called feed dogs. And those actually pull the fabric through as you're sewing. So you don't need to push your fabric. You don't need to pull your fabric. Anyone on any sewing machine, when you press the foot pedal, you'll notice the sewing, the fabric pulls through on its own. So if you point that out to kids, it's really helpful and tell them you don't need to keep your hands close. All you're doing is resting your fingers at the edge of the sewing machine. So down here at the edge and just slightly and lightly guide the fabric and try to keep it straight. That way your kids know they don't need to have their fingers right in there at the needle and they're not trying to pull anything right? And of course, if you're sewing, you should do that too. Don't have your fingers right by the needle. (laughs) I had a friend tell me she is afraid to sew again because in home ec, accidentally, oh my gosh, she was making like a quillow. You remember how hot quillows were? No, what's that? They were really popular, at least in my area. Like people would sell them at craft shows. It's like a quilt that folds up into a pillow. Oh, so she funny. was making one of those and she said uh, she got a needle oh, no. through her finger from the sewing machine. Ouch. She also said that when she made her quillow, she accidentally left some um, needles or some pins oh. inside. So she oh, said it was less, it was quote unquote, less than comfortable. To- <laughs> <laughs> so okay. after that, she was kind of put off to uh, just sewing a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, I was like, what grade did you get out of pro- the project? She's like, I think she said a B. She's like, the teacher felt bad for me. <laughs> but like a B yeah, for better luck next B, time. Maybe, yeah. Like, I don't know. But she said the teacher felt bad for her. So she gave her like a B or something. Yeah. But she said the Quilla was horrible. And I think, oh unfortunately, there are people that have that experience in school and then they just right. don't want to, they don't want to try again. Yeah. And I had kind of a frustrating experience in home ec with the sewing machine too. And I just didn't think I would be able to, I was like, all right, yeah, this is, at the time yeah. I was like, I don't think this is for me. Like, you know what? And that, that's exactly it. So I feel like with a good quality machine that functions well, that you won't have issues with, that's when, and of course, if you're doing like, we can get into bobbin talk another day, but bobbins are a huge, huge, huge issue. When there's a slight issue yeah. with the bobbin, people think my machine doesn't work or they think I can't sew, I'm not good at this. So if you have the right machine or a good quality machine, you won't have those issues as long as you're doing the bobbin properly, which we'll talk about in another. Yay. Yes, we maybe maybe that could be another episode is common sewing mistakes and yes, we could totally. talk about how to avoid them. I don't know. Yes, um, but yes, we will definitely in the show notes link some models that Denise and I recommend. Yeah. And if yeah. you're looking for a sewing machine or if you're you know just curious about the process, you can you can check those out. Um, and all, and feel free to send us messages. If you yes. want to reach out to Jennifer or myself on social media, I love it when people say, Hey, what machine should I get? Or they send me a link, like shoot us on Instagram, Pinterest or, um, Instagram, Facebook, anything. Just say like, Hey, check out this. Is this a good machine? Or what do you think about this? I love giving my two cents on any machine. Yay. And, uh, yeah. yes, we can definitely do that. And we'll, we'll link our social media handles as well. And, uh, yeah, so you can get in touch with us. Let us, let us know what you think. Um, and also if you have, and also Denise, I would like to take an opportunity to plug your sewing lessons. Oh yeah. Have some sewing lessons. I have your DVDs and they're very helpful to me. Yay. Link your DVDs or, and do you still have the online classes too? Yes. Online classes. So if any, and if anyone who's listening, I was thinking if somebody's listening or driving or something, they won't be able to like look at show notes. But, um, so my stuff, I'm denisewild.com on social at me, Denise Wild and Jennifer, your sewingreport.com. I'm sewingreport.com. I'm not, I, I don't claim to be a sewing expert. I'm a sewing enthusiast. I, yeah, no, but that's I have awesome. a lot of product reviews and things I've tried and mm-hmm. liked or didn't like. Uh, but yeah, I, I've had Denise's DVDs for a while and I watched your DVDs after I've been sewing for a few years yeah. and I still found them really helpful. So even Wonderful. if you're not a beginner seamstress, yeah. you can still watch the DVDs and get a, a lot out of them. I like the way yeah. you explain all the concepts too. They're Thank very you. easy to understand because even yeah. for me, like figuring out like how to find the grain line and stuff, I was yeah. like, I don't know, but you really explain these concepts in a way that's very easy to digest and easy to, to really get. Yeah. And I did it in a really technical way because I feel like that, like, if you know the proper way of sewing, like the right way of doing everything that you can later cut corners all you want. But as long as you always, I tell people, as long as in the back of your mind, you're like, oh wait, my sewing teacher told me to do <laughs> to do. You can break the rules if you are doing You can break thing. the rules, yeah. but as long as you know what those rules are, that will help you, you know, help your projects. Yeah, but yeah definitely. If you're, so if you are looking for some, some online classes, online resource, uh, Denise has some great, great online sewing classes and also your YouTube channel has a lot of information. You have a lot of tips on there. Yeah. And I think they're very helpful. So please hit up Denise on YouTube and hit up her website if you're looking for 
sewing help. I really think you can help a lot of people out there that might be looking for some answers. Yeah. And reach out to us um, through social and let us know what kinds of things you guys want us to talk about. If you want more machine talk, you know, techniques, anything like that, whatever you guys want to ask us or talk to us about. Yeah. Just reach out and we're always here. We love hearing from you. And the good thing is with our with this podcast, because it's also a video podcast, Denise can also show us some things too. Yeah. So I again, can show and then you can descri- we can remember to describe yeah. for the listeners. So for, for you listening, you know, just go to go to the YouTube channel later if you want to yeah. see Denise do things. Yeah. And, uh, like we had that conversation over on my channel and you were explaining some some tips and they were yeah. very helpful. Yeah. So we yeah. can definitely do some the pointy corners, the pointy corners on the pillows. I need yes. to try that because I think that would be pretty yeah. So the pointy avoiding corners pattern. and avoiding like what was it? The use of the bunny ears or the something? The bunny ears, yeah. Avoiding you, like the pillows that look like this. Totally. You know? When you sew a pillow, if you do it exactly straight and perfect with all your corners at right angles, you'll end up with like pointy bunny ears on your pillows, and it's not that attractive. So I I shared with Jennifer on her YouTube channel a tip for for that. So that was so yeah. Denise has you know, and Denise, I think on your channel you need to do some do do some of those tip videos. I think those uh, yes. You know what? I need to do more, so and I need to update. I've been so bad lately. You I have so many really great tips. There. Or that could be a video series too. Is you know just. Yes. different, different sewing tips. And also I, I still think you should do your hotel room crafts. <laughs> yeah, totally. you know. I do have to do, get some, get some Easter baskets finished. Up over here. You should see how awesome they are. And so- now, now I want some can- chocolate bunnies or something. I know we need to fit. Oh. oh my, we should finish every episode with some, with, some some, with eating just to- <laughs> right. So either $45 nachos or some Easter bunny chocolate. You know, what if you tried to make your own DIY $45 nachos and put $45 worth of stuff in there and see like what you could, <laughs> how big they would actually be. Oh my Like God. it has like scallops and like crab. Or like caviar. Like totally. some weird stuff. Oh, that so would be. If you actually spent $45 on the ingredients. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Now, do you recommend these nachos for people staying at your hotel? Do you? I wouldn't no. bother. No, I wouldn't bother. I won't say what hotel it is. I won't All right. They were fine. They just, weren't, they just weren't $45 worth delicious. So. All right. So you said you had an update also on the re I think we should do this every once in a while is you like watching a lot of reality TV. I do. And Don't what was it? 60 me. days, 60 days. Yes. Okay. So before we go, I'll tell you, it was a 60 days reunion. So this is real people going into real jail in Atlanta, Fulton County jail. <laughs> For the record, I've never been in any of these I know I'm saying that as if you know. (laughs) Do you know these people? (laughs) Maybe. They might have been in my neighborhood. Who knows? So they put real people into jail undercover. Like, anyway, they had a reunion. One of the girls blew her cover. Like, actually told somebody, a jail, a cellmate, I am undercover here. It was crazy. The um, the sheriff shut down the entire program the second they found that out because they were like, we're going to have, like, this is going to be really bad for everyone involved. There was yeah. a cop who was undercover and there were, the guy was like, I could have been murdered. Like I was a cop in jail. So anyway, it was a really, it's a really great show, very juicy reunion. And they kind of like all said to the girl, like, what was up with that? Why would you do that? That was so dangerous. Like we're all in this together, trying to provide information to the jail to help them make the system better. And she really didn't 
Like, she didn't have any answers. What the? She what had the no hell? remorse. She had no remorse. She had no answer. She was just like, yeah, you know, I would Why do it. Why did she do it? Because she fell in love. Wait, so with the with in, one of her cellmates. She fell in love with one of her cellmates. Oh boy! They were like, we're gonna move in together. Like, like it was crazy. So I guess they were sharing deep dark secrets. And oh. fast, I'm here undercover to provide information. Fortunately, she didn't say I'm recording a TV, like it's a, for a TV show and there are other people. Did, so I've never seen this show. Are there hidden cameras in the jail? Or? Yeah. So they have wow. cameras there, but the cellmates, like everyone knows about it. Okay. So there are cameras in the jail to just record activity and stuff. And I yeah. guess the, the people want the um, CO, I forget what it is. Like. Is there audio on the cameras or is it just video? There is audio, yes. And then they do a lot of subtitles for anything that's really, really difficult to read. And then they pull out people, the participants for the, the program, and also regular cellmates. They pull them out and interview them one at a time so that they can talk about what's happening. So, okay, so for the cellmates, so for the people who are really in jail and, yes. and don't know about the TV show, what kind of premise did they use to get them to do the interviews and stuff? They said, we're doing, we're participating in a TV show to get to know about jail life. Like, you know, A&E has tons of, this is on A&E. It's called They just told them it was for a different type of show. A regular show. Yeah. A regular TV show. It's interesting. That's kind of crazy. And, and, and one thing about being in jail that some people don't seem to know is that you have no right to privacy in jail. So they can record you. Like, I think the only thing that's off limits is like conversations with your attorney. Right. But like a lot of jail inmates don't know their phone calls are recorded. Like oh. see Anthony in Florida, like, oh, right. like, like these people seem to, they don't like, they'll have conversations with people. Not right. That everything they do is, you know, under surveillance. So that's why the jail can do that is because when you're in jail, they can do, I mean, obviously there's right. some things that are illegal, but they can record you. They, you know, they can monitor right. you and you don't really have a lot of that same that's interesting. So they, so there are all these cameras and they don't realize it's for a TV show. They know it's for a TV show. Oh, they just, they oh, don't know the it's interviews a, undercover. Yes. Okay. So the interviews, but as far as like them being recorded, doing whatever else. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I Cause know. I imagine they had just bad stuff happening. They had to have like, cameras in the cells and stuff, right? There was bad wow. stuff happening. Like, I have not seen this. I need to check this out. Talking about getting somebody oh, like it was crazy. It was crazy. It's so good. Did any of the participants get injured during this? Like the undercover people? Okay. So talked about fighting. Oh, geez. I don't think I would survive. How long do you think you would survive in jail? I don't. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't think it would be that bad, but from watching them, it's bad. I don't. don't, Like, I think it'd be pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially if you like, and I, and there's obviously a difference between jail and prison. Right. I think prison would be probably. Yeah, wait, what is the difference? What is the difference? So jail is sort of like, it's more of like a county thing. Like, okay. so it's by, in the U.S., it's by counties. Okay. And then prison is only after you've been convicted. So like a lot of people in jail are like awaiting trial or they're the people that got arrested for like drunk driving or something more minor. And, and then once you and they get, never go like, to, they never go to prison. But prison uh, is for like, you know, you've been convicted of a crime. This is where you're going to serve out your sentence. So is it that prison will have like your, like in individual cells and this is the general population one or they're still the same. They're probably, and again, I've not spent a lot of time in these places, but (laughs) jail is more for people 
that are waiting for something to happen. Okay. You know, or like they could be getting transferred somewhere, but prison is after you've been convicted. So a lot of times people are in jail awaiting trial. Uh, and if you like, say you were in jail for a year, you went to trial, were found guilty, your jail is part of your sentence. So like if you're, if you're in jail for a year and you were sentenced to a year in prison or you're, you know, incarcerated, You've already served here, so you get out. Like, stop it. Because they, a lot of them count time served. So, you've already served your, if you've already served your time and, you know, you got a year, that's why a lot of, you know, they're like time served or you might only have a couple months left, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's, I love that stuff. I love all those Annie jail shows. (laughs) Locked up. I could watch that for like eight hours straight. I don't know. I tried to watch Orange is the New Black and that, even that show, I was like, ah. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't think I would make it very long in prison or jail. I think I would probably not. (laughs) Well, I'm small, you know, and I'm also not very tough. So I don't think I would be, I don't think I would do too well. (laughs) I don't, I I really hope it's not a place, not a place I would ever be. Cause I, I, again, I don't think I, I don't think my survival rate would be that good. You could be in charge of the sewing area because I think that, I don't know. I think I, I would need something. Some I would need something to offer room. these people, like for yeah. the the DIY makeup that we talked about. The, DIY, the jail I, makeup. I could make makeup if I could make <laughs> you know like toilet wine or something. I don't know. Toilet wine. Oh skill. my gosh! I would need a skill that people would find in demand. I think. Yes. Yes. You and know, then you trade that for commissary. I know all. Yeah, the or, for, or for them not to beat me up. <laughs> so that would be. I don't know. Well, this is a good end to our podcast. All right. Perfect wrap up. Talking about going undercover in jails and (laughs) I don't know how I wouldn't survive. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Please take the time to give us a review on iTunes. We would love it. We promise to talk about lots more amazing things coming up. Let us know what you want. Lots more crazy stuff. You know, not, we're not, we're crafters, but we're also a lot more than that. So (laughs) we're trying to, we're trying to, we love to talk about wacky things, wacky things. Yes. And uh, yes, subscribe to our podcast. We're, we're in a few different places. So yeah, we'll see you guys. We'll see you guys next time then. Great. See you. Bye everyone. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to another Crafting Never Stops podcast. We love connecting with you on social. So thank you for that. And we'd be extra honored if you'd write us a review on iTunes. Tell us what you think and what you love. Thank you for letting us be a part of your crafting journey.